Shanna Marie Boydo was a 22-year-old from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. She had a daughter and loved playing basketball. On June 22, 2016, she was allegedly on a trip to California with her boyfriend Kyle. Not long into their journey, near St. Cloud, Minnesota, Shanna unexpectedly jumped out of the car and ran off into the woods beside the highway. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Densel, and this is Unfound. know the feelings, the hair standing up on our arms, a chill running down our spine, the pounding of our heart against our chest. These and many other ways are how our bodies and minds respond to danger. Evolutionary psychologists will say that this all happens due to hard wiring that was created millions of years ago when we lived in caves and had to watch out for saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths, when we were still Cro-Magnons Neanderthals, or whatever they're teaching the kids these days. Yet those involuntary responses, back then or today, don't tell us what to do. Should we run or stay? Fight or try to make peace? Defend ourselves or defend others? Only a rational and informed assessment of the situation can tell us that. I bring this up because in the case of Shanna Boydo, she was seemingly on the run when she disappeared, trying to get out of the Wisconsin-Minnesota area due to a mistake she made that she thought would put her in jail for many years. Yet later, months after the disappearance, her family discovered the penalty would have been fairly small, leaving them and us to wonder if Shanna would still be with us if it weren't for the fear factor. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good's website, charlieproject.org. Shanna Boydo was the oldest of three daughters, her parents being Angela and Bud Boydo. She loved playing basketball and watching out for her two sisters. Yet problems began in eighth grade, her being caught with marijuana. As Shanna's education progressed, the deeper she fell into drugs. By her senior year, Yes, Shanna graduated, but she was in jail on graduation day. However, Shanna's life changed when she discovered she was pregnant. She managed to stop her drug use, she got a job, and moved back in with her father. Along the way, Shanna met a new guy, Kyle, and things seemed to be good as the two got their own place. Yet, on Sunday, June 19, 2016, the police popped in at Shanna's place in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin to give her a surprise breathalyzer test. For purposes of her probation, Shanna was not allowed to consume alcohol. She failed the test, although the cops did not take her into custody at that time. Fearing that she'd be headed to jail for a lengthy sentence, Shanna and Kyle decided to head out on the road one last time. She allegedly wanted to see the Pacific Ocean before going to jail. Yet by Wednesday, the 22nd, 
Kyle was calling Shanna's father to tell him she had a freakout while they were on the highway near St. Cloud, Minnesota. Shanna had jumped out of the car and ran off into the woods. Despite searches by police and the general public, Shanna wasn't found. She was never seen again. Shanna's case is not even three years old, but already there are facts on the record that have caused people to question the sequence of events of this disappearance. Number one, Shanna had brought domestic abuse charges against Kyle, and court proceedings were to begin in July. Number two, Shanna had written down an ex-boyfriend's name on a paycheck stub who now lived in California, but Shanna never told him she was coming to his state. And number three, Shanna ran because of the breathalyzer test failure, but her family found out later that the penalty would have only put her in jail for a couple days. Shanna's family isn't sure what to think at this point, but some do accept Kyle's version of events for the preceding days and the day Shanna disappeared. The guest for this episode is Shanna's mother, Angela Stark. Unfound News For all of you in the Unfound Podcast discussion group, and most of you listening are, you know I released the cover for Volume 5. Finally. What this also means is I am now looking for transcribers for the rest of the books. Well, not technically transcribers, more like formatters. If you're interested, please contact me either through email or Facebook Messenger. And yes, doing this job will come with some pay and some perks. Next, I'm very happy to report that Chris Turner's disappearance has been reopened as a missing persons case in Las Vegas. That's an episode Unfound published in August 2017. Not long after Chris disappeared, his girlfriend and her mother claimed to have seen him again, thus getting the case closed. The issue for Chris's mother, Dawn, is that the girlfriend should be considered a suspect in Chris's disappearance. So I think you can see the conflict. Well, Dawn finally convinced Metro they made a mistake. If there are any updates as the case is investigated, I'll let you know. Finally, look for my post at jeffwise.net. Jeff was a guest on Unfound during July 2017 in regards to Flight 370. We've kept in contact, and I've already told you recently he has a new book out about the disappearance. I sent him an email in regards to his book, and he thought it was good enough to be put on the website. I'm not sure my post is up quite yet, but still, you should be going to jeffwise.net to find out what really happened to Flight 370, where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. This week I need to thank Jill, Zane, Mary, Kara, and Laura. You can also contribute to PayPal, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. This week I have to thank Tobias. That is also the email address. Merchandise. The books at Amazon.com in both ebook and print form. And yes, I'll say it again. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at MyShopify.com. We do have some new ones there as of this week. Playing cards at MakePlayingCards.com. And please mention Unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the mother of Shanna Boydo, Angela Stark. Angela, welcome to Unfound. 
Thank you. Let's start here. Tell the listeners a little bit about your daughter, Shanna. You raised her. Do you have any other children besides Shanna? How did they all get along? Um, yeah, um, I we have three daughters total. Um, mm-hmm. Shanna's the oldest. Um, we have Autumn, who is 24, and Dakota, that's 19. Okay. So how did they all get along uh, growing up? Maybe being a little uh, close in age, how did they? How did they do? Um, just like normal sisters, um, mm-hmm. they eat nonstop about you know everything, but um, they defend each other to the end. So, just like normal sisters. Mm-hmm. And would you say that Shanna kind of looked out for her older sisters when you were all when they were all growing up? Maybe in their late, maybe ten years old, twelve years old, you know, getting to high school. How was she with her younger sisters? Um, good. <clears throat> Shanna was always, um, Shanna was always the mother hen, um, watching out for her sisters, making sure everything going down, you know, I mean, everything's always going, you know, smooth. Um, Shanna actually got the girls off to school in the morning cause I worked early morning. Um, so she would, you know, we'd set all the clothes and homework and get everything ready. And then they would get up. I would help them get up in the morning and we had our morning routine and, um, we lived in town, so they would walk to school and, um, mm-hmm. She was very protective of her sisters. Okay. And what was Shanna herself uh, into while she was in school? Um, Shanna was actually um, a really um, good student. She was very smart. She got really good grades um, in the science club, math club, um, all those, you know, the kind of nerdy um, clubs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She, um, um, her favorite was basketball. She was um, very, very athletic. Um, basketball was her favorite though, but she did play, um, uh, softball and, and, um, did some track, but hmm. basketball was her favorite. And, um, when she was, um, the only one on the JV team, they wanted to put her on the varsity, but that wasn't fair. So, um, so she played JV her freshman year, which was really really fun we were really proud of her so she must have been a pretty decent player then yes very very good player was she self-taught or did she have uh coaching from you or her father how did that all happen no she just kind of self-taught and um she started being in basketball when she was in fourth grade and she just really liked it um and she really wanted to go so over where we live in wisconsin there's uw eau claire um, and they have a pretty good bas- women's basketball team, so we sent her to camp every year, mm-hmm. camp. <clears throat> and she just really was really caught on and really liked it a lot. So we just continued to do it because she was, you know, she was doing good. So mm-hmm. she just kept going. Okay. So she was d- pretty good in school, uh, involved in, with some athletics. Uh, but we do have to talk about this, and, and you know, and this kind of runs counter usually to what usually happens for people who do well in school and, and are into sports. But how did she end up getting caught up in, in drugs that uh, obviously are going to play a role in our discussion uh, today? Uh, now that you look back at it now, we have to remember she just disappeared in 2016, not that long ago. But um, how did that all happen? Um, you know, like most parents of um, children that are in addiction, um, you, you don't really know. You know, you don't, um, you start to notice changes, but 
it always, you know, everybody's always like, well, not my kid, not my kid, you know. Um, you know, there's something going on, but you really don't understand the, the depth of mm-hmm. what, um, you know, what happened or, you know, what happens, what makes them turn. But we noticed um, her kind of eighth grade year, um, isolating more, getting, you know, maybe, you know, you know different friends coming over, ones that, you know, we didn't really know. Um, starting to lose interest in a lot of the things that she did. Um, basketball wasn't her world anymore. Um, Shanna loves to cook. She's uh, actually a very good cook, and so she was actually losing interest in that too. Um, not being so much participating in family activities where we were a very tight family, um, mm-hmm. with just not our immediate family, but like aunts, uncles, things like that. Um, not really wanting to go to like aunts for dinners or uncles for suppers or, you know, things like that. Um, very irritable to her sisters where before she was, you know, like mother henning and now she really didn't want a whole lot to do with them. Um, and then we just noticed her dressing different, acting different. Um, Mm. so then, you know, that's when we kind of started taking notice and talking to her about it, but you know, obviously she just, you know, she denied it. So you're saying this is, you noticed this fairly early on. So eighth grade, that would be roughly 14 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take? Would you say before you confronted her, you know, about this, was it a year or, you know, before she got into high school? It was actually, um, after we started noticing the change, um, uh, we had got, we had this little dog and the girls um uh, the girls is in between this time too the girls is dad and i had separated um so we weren't um you know, we weren't together anymore we had our separate houses and the girls were actually with their dad for the weekend and um i was doing laundry and i was putting everybody's clothes into their bedrooms and the dog went right to her bed and pulled out a bag of pot hmm. so that was um and that was her freshman year or her not okay eighth grade we noticed so that would have been ninth grade mm-hmm. uh, and that's when, freshman uh, year so, so, yep freshman year and then we um you know i didn't confront her right away on it i um even though her dad and i uh we were married we were high school sweethearts we were married um, i got pregnant with shannon my senior year we were married for 17 years um, and then we just kind of, um, our divorce was not, it wasn't, it, it was very civil. Okay. Um, we just knew that we couldn't be together and, um, but we still wanted to raise our kids the way that the best that we could just not together anymore. So mm-hmm. we always, if one would find something or do something, we always made sure that we talked to each other first before we did anything. So we would agree on what, what you know, what was going to happen. Um, so you know, we found the bag of um, pot, called, you know, waited for them to come, called their dad, and then we sat down and talked to her about it. Mm-hmm. Of course, she denied that, you know, that it was hers. She was holding it for a friend and, you know, all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, common excuses or reasons that the teenagers make. Maybe a lot of adults mm-hmm. say that same thing when they get caught uh, with something like that. Okay. But it really, but even after that, um, my impression is it didn't really get better from there. It actually got worse. Right. 
and what happened through tenth and uh, what happened through tenth and eleventh grade? Tenth and eleventh grade, um, we actually moved. We moved to a bigger town. Um, I thought maybe getting the girls out of a small town and into a bigger town where they had more opportunity and um, into a bigger, a way bigger school, um, mm. so they could get involved in more things um, might help. Um, and it actually backfired. Um, she got into um, meth wow. and got into trouble um, quite a bit. Um, we then moved again. Um, I met my um, second husband, and we moved to um, Stanley. It's a small town, <clears throat> northern, or in, you know, northern Wisconsin. And um, Shana just did not um, fit in at all. Um, and just like most, you know, I know it's kind of a stereotype, but um, the drug addicts are always way more accepting than other people. And so that's the group that she kind of fell in and she wasn't coming home, staying out, um, you know, until all the cops were bringing her home because um, they have the curfew and she'd be out past curfew and they'd bring her home. Um, stealing, um, her and some friends actually broke into a bar that was up the road from our house. Um, just started to get into a lot of trouble. Um, what were your, how were your two other daughters handling all this i mean uh, not to get into their personal lives but uh were they able to yeah. avoid all the things that shanna got herself into what were they saying about all of this um well we were pretty little um dakota was only um six mm-hmm. and autumn was about about 10 um but they they learned just to stay away from her because when she was using um she get, became very violent hmm. um and she, um, you know, they just, we just would just like to stay away from her. Um, but then it finally got to the point at our house that um, she was, she, I guess the, the kind of the turning point was her junior year. Um, her and a friend had come home and um, she had to go to work. She was working at McDonald's in town. And she wouldn't get up and she wouldn't get up. And so I went upstairs and I, you know, I'm like, I shook her. I'm like, you need to be working a half hour. We, you know, we need to get you in the shower. You need to get going. And I turned around and I walked down the stairs and she came behind and she pushed me down the stairs. Oh my gosh. And we, you know, went tumbling down. Um, Autumn, my middle, um, she tried to defend me. And so she went after Shanna. Well, then they started fighting and then I, I just remember Shanna yelling out, where, you know, where is Dakota? She wanted to get in, you know, dig into Dakota, who was only, you know, eight. Wow. Um, and I pushed Dakota behind the chair, went, let Shanna get to her. <clears throat> and we held her down and called the cops. Um, and it took them about an hour to come to us because we were, you know, kind of isolated. And that was kind of the wow. point when I said, that's enough. Um, you know, I I love my kid and I want her to get better, but I, you know, I have to think about the other two first. Of course. Yeah, of course. So, uh, of yeah. course, if they can't defend themselves and she seems uh, intent on hurting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it was that was probably one of the hardest decisions um, I've ever had to make was that phone call that day. Um, because she was 17, 
Um, she mm-hmm. did get hauled to jail. Um, she just got put in a, in a special unit. Um, and um, that's where she sat. She um, got put on probation, the probation, and as soon as she was like one day off, they would let her out. It was like one day she'd get into trouble and they would throw her back in jail. Um, mm-hmm. She did um, graduate high school. Um, you know, like I said, that was mm-hmm. her junior year. Her pretty mm-hmm. much her whole senior year, um, she was locked up in jail. Um, I think you told me that she graduated. She graduated, but she was in jail for yeah. graduation. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. That's true. Um, that's true. That okay. is true. She was in jail for graduation. Um, I, um, the the principal at the time, and it's, right now I can't even tell you off the tip of my tongue what his name was. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there, you know, seeing a lot of things that Shannon did in school, and he knew what was going on. Um, so he lived in the town where the jail was in Chippewa Falls. So he would bring Shanna's homework to her in the jail, and then he would pick it up once a week and wow. take it back. And um, he, you know, he sat down had a conference with us, and he had just said, you know, she's going to have a long road ahead of her because of this addiction. And I don't want to make it harder with her not having a high school diploma. So it was, um, he made it possible for her to have a a high school diploma. Well, that was, uh, he was a saint then looking out for her. Yes. Going that extra mile. Wow. That was. Yeah, very much. Okay. All right. So she's in jail, going in and out of jail, quite a bit of time in jail, like you said, especially during her senior year. So roughly 18 years old. Um, when, so she's in jail for graduation, but she does eventually get out. And at what point does she actually become a mother? Um, not for about four more years. Um, our health continued for four more years. It got Mm -hmm. very, very bad. Um, she, um, when she turned 18, she, um, went to live or they let her out of jail um, before she was 18 <clears throat> and she went to live with her dad in, in Bloomer, her dad's and stepmom. Um, they, you know, they, they put the, you know, tried to keep as tight as they could on her. They, you know, they, they helped her get a job and um, she didn't have a car, but they lived in town. So she would walk to work and kind of the ending point was that one was um, they had woke up in the morning and, um, Shanna wouldn't come out of her bedroom. So her dad went into the bedroom and there she was. She was um, overdosed. Um, still had the, the band around her arm with the heroin needle sticking out. And um, <sighs> her sisters were in the other other room. And so they had to rush her up to the emergency room and um, pump her stuff, you know, do all that good stuff. And then finally, when she turned 18, she finally got to go to rehab. Um, because, um, we have the big Ellie Phillips by us, but because she wasn't 18, they wouldn't take her. And then there also is a juvenile, um, rehab in Green Bay, which is a couple hours from us, but because she was so close to 18, they wouldn't take her. So Shanna always fell through the cracks every Mm -hmm. time. So, um, she got into the Ellie Phillips program, um, and that is a twenty, you know, a twenty-one day program. 
which I, you know, but that's my opinion. I don't, I think you need mm-hmm. more than 21 days. Um, she graduated from that program, did good. Um, then, of course, went right back to her, you know, the, old, the other people that she, you know, used to hang out with. Um, Shanna was in rehab a total of four times um, and relapsed every single time. Yeah. She, at 18, um, she, at 18, she started doing um, meth. Um, shortly after she got out of jail, she, started, she got introduced to meth. And then um, after that, um, she, um, I mean, Shannon's a very beautiful young lady, um, made her way up the drug um, ring pretty fast. Um, at 19, she was her own, you know, she was a dealer running drugs back and forth from St. Cloud or the cities. Um, did you know this at the time or did you find this out later? No. Okay. We did you- found, um, yeah, we, um, a lot of this stuff, um, Shanna has actually told me herself, mm-hmm. um, when she, when she finally became, you know, clean. She didn't eventually um, get clean. Right. Yep. She, um, but then that's when she got into, um, injectable heroin. Okay. So she went from user to trafficker to, I guess, supplier during these years, 18, 19, 20 uh, years old, just uh, getting busted, getting out of jail, going back into jail, in and out, all over the place. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But like you said, she, as you already mentioned, she did eventually get clean. What brought that on? Yeah. Um, we were, um, she called us, um, she called me and her dad. Actually, we were, um, at a a group activity together with some other people and, um, she called and she told us she was pregnant and, um, that was, she called and told us, I remember it was May, May 18th of 2014. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just remember that date. Um, she was 21 or just about to be 21 because um, her birthday's in June. And she was ecstatic. Um, Shanna um, was always, um, you know, babysat, loved kids. So she was super excited um, to, to have this baby. Um, obviously, she quit using right off the bat, but then again, she relapsed while she was pregnant. Um, October of 2014, um, she was, um, would have been about five, six months. Um, so she did use heroin while she was pregnant, but she sold, um, heroin to a minor. She helped the minor inject it and, um, she overdosed, but she survived. So Shanna was charged, um, with a felony of endanger, endangering endangering mm-hmm. of a child. So she actually has two of those on her record, one for the minor and one for her unborn child. But I truly believe that that is what saved her life. Um, because mm-hmm. she, um, you know, she went through withdrawals, um, you know, all that stuff, um, while she was in jail. And, um, I, I truly believe that that's what, that's what saved my daughter. Hmm. And my granddaughter. Right. So, which we are very, very lucky that um, her use of um, heroin during her pregnancy did not do anything to, right. um, to the baby. So, okay. 
So who was the father of uh, her child? The father of her child is named Stefan Martin. Um, they dated for a very long time. Um, and I truly believe that that, that Stefan really is the love of her life. Um, uh-huh. But they are like Bonnie and Clyde. Um, they just cannot be together um, uh-huh. when they're using um, just the fights and the, and you know, but neither one of them can like live without the other one. It's just crazy. Yeah. Toxic um, relationship. Very much. Yeah. So. Um, Let's come up. Unfortunately, please, please. Um, unfortunately, um, Stefan is most of the time in jail. Um, he's only seen his daughter probably four times in the four years that she's been alive. She's four. Um, he was, he was in jail for her birth. So, um, um, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. when he's doing good and clean, we do let him see her. We don't let her keep or let him keep her overnight or anything like that. But, um, you know, we do allow him to see her. So, but it's just mm-hmm. when he's, you know, when he's around. What were the stipulations being that she eventually did have her daughter? And she did have these felonies and everything. What were some of the stipulations of her probation? As you said, uh, it was October 2014 when this uh, happened, these these very serious charges. Um, what were the stipulations once she got out of jail, maybe into 2015 and onward? Okay. Um, she, um, after she... Um, had Millie. Um, um, well, I'm just trying to think here. Um, <clears throat> well, she was in jail when she had Millie. Mm-hmm. The jail transported her to the hospital, and then um, I got to be, you know, we got to be with her for three days, and she was supposed to go back to jail. Um, Shanna was accepted into a new program that's fairly new around the country, and it's called Drug Court. And I don't know if anybody's familiar with drug court, but pretty much the baseline of it is um, if you have drug charges, uh, you put in this program, it's kind of like a three strike, you're out program. Um, you work with the judge, you meet with the judge, they do stipulations with you. You have to do work programs. You have to do um, all different kinds of things, um, build your recovery. Um, and that's drug court. Okay. So Shannon was in drug court. And her worker was very worried about um, the mother-child separation. Um, so what they did was instead of her going to jail, um, she had to have an ankle bracelet, but she got to stay with her dad and stepmom because they lived in town. And then that way, Shanna could still raise her, her child. And then if she had to go to meet, you know, she had to have so many meetings and, you know, she had a really strict schedule, um, she would have to give the court um, times and dates of appointments and then they would shut the ankle bracelet off, let her go to her appointment. And then, you know, if she said that she was going to be home at 10, that ankle bracelet got turned right back on at 10, wow. you know, however it was. And so was she was also getting random drug tests and breathalyzers, things yep. like that? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. So those were stipulations. So they could have some. She could somewhat be allowed to be her daughter's mother, and of course, not be in jail and have somebody else 
raise her daughter. Uh, maybe, maybe you, maybe, you know, somebody else, maybe a foster family. We don't know, but this allowed her to be a mother and uh, try to get clean again all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Okay. And that's continued through 2015 into 2016. Is that correct? Right. Right. Okay. Um, she did, mm-hmm. please, please. She did. Yeah, she um she did really good. It was after the the birth of that baby, um it was it was just like that was our little bit of a miracle, um mm-hmm. in one ways in one. Um, mm-hmm. Shanna always wanted her own child. She always, you know, like I said, she was just um she was a really good mom. Um, she loved that little girl so much, and <clears throat> she would organize play groups uh, with her NA and AA people. Um, she became very very involved in the NA. Um, programs with volunteering, giving speeches. Um, I know that there was even talk, but it never happened, with her going to schools and talking about addiction, um, you know, things like that. Uh, she volunteered. Um, she finally got to the point where she was off of the ankle bracelet. She was, a, you know, the, the court approved for her to go out on her own, and she did. She got um, a pretty good job. She worked nights at a group home, and she just she that was her her niche, um, helping other people. So mm. she um, <clears throat> when you got to, if I may, when you got to when she finally cleaned her act up here, let's say into 2015, she was sober again. I mean, did she talk to you about yeah. this addiction that she had? Did you finally get to say, yeah. you know, this is a long way from her pushing you down the stairs? Um, did you oh, finally yeah. get to talk to her about that and what was going through her head? You know and what did you learn? Um, we always, right. Well, that's when we learned a lot about what, you know, she had done. Um, and she would always say to us, um, you know, I can never, I can't ever tell you everything I've done. Um, you know, but a lot of the, you know, like we would be just general talking or, or whatever. We would sit down and she would tell us, these are the things that I did. And I was a dealer. I was a stripper. I was, you know, I, you know, I um, transported, this is what I did. Um, but she would never, you know, um, and a lot of the time that she did serve in jail was because she wouldn't give up anybody. Um, mm. She just kept telling us that, you know, I was in very deep. And if, you know, I love my family, I don't want nothing to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, yeah, she was. Um, she had even admitted to that she had dabbled a little bit into the human trafficking. Okay. So, okay. Uh, the people that she was tied up with were not um, were not good people. Okay. Do you think that during this time that she was managing to stay away from those people, or do you? I uh, do. I, I mean, she was probably telling you that at the time. Um, but now that you look back at 2019, do you believe that what she was telling you, for example, in the year 2015 was the truth? That she was clean? And yeah. Clean yeah. Yeah. I do. I do. I, I really do. I do think a lot of the things that she had said were true. Um, I think that, um, um, I think she was staying clean because she knew that she only had one chance. Okay. Um, if she, um, if she would have messed up, she was going to be on her way to prison for the remainder of her sentence. Yeah. There wouldn't have been, been there, there wouldn't have been any more, 
uh, ankle bracelets and things like that. This would have been behind bars and. Yep. Okay. Yep. Behind bars done. Yep. Okay. The listeners probably wondering, well, you've spent a lot of time on this, uh, Ed, about, you know, her addiction more than probably we usually do uh, for a case, but we do cover a lot of missing people who have had addictions. That's not unusual, but um, I think that we needed to really cover this in depth as we, as we have, because uh, once we get to what happened with her disappearance, I think the listeners need to understand and put themselves in Shanna's position and to, to try to put this all together because we're going to be talking about a note that she wrote, etc. Does this make all does that make sense when we look back at these problems that she had 2013, 2014? Okay, does this all make sense? So I wanted to make sure that everybody understood uh, Shanna's background as well as they could, you know, before we get into the rest of this. So I appreciate you talking about it. I know it's not easy. We already have a disappearance, and then on top of that, you know, we're talking about um, all of these problems that you had with Shanna, and frankly, these problems that she gave you. So I, I thought that was important. Um, let's. Uh, I just want to make sure uh, we talk about one more name, though. We already mentioned Stefan, who is the father of Shanna's daughter. We need to talk about Kyle Firstenau. Is that how you pronounce his last name? It's a very interesting uh, last name. I, uh, yeah, I'm not for sure. You're just oh, okay. Uh, okay, for, I'm going to just say it's F. I, I believe it's F U R S T E N A U. Firstenau, Firstenau. Um, I guess it's very much like uh, Boido because. I thought it was Boito, like we had talked about before we started this uh, interview. Boito, and now we have First now. Very interesting last names. Uh, who is he, and how did Shanna meet him? Um, Kyle was Shanna's current boyfriend um, through um, pretty much. Um, I'm. I didn't know Kyle that well. I only met Kyle twice, um, mm-hmm. so I just you know there was boyfriends kind of here and there. Um, but this one actually stuck around. Um, oh, I think he was probably, I don't know, maybe around nine months um, right after right after Millie was born. Um, I'm not for sure how they met, but I want to say that they met through a mutual friend at an NA meeting. Hmm. Um, okay. They were together... You know, probably about, like I said, about nine months. Um, up to the point of her disappearance? Know. Up to the point of her disappearance? Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Really, um, we really didn't know a whole lot about him. He was very quiet, kind of reserved. Um, you know, kind of the, and I'm going to get myself in trouble, but like the gangster, the white gangster kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he, um, like I said, I didn't get to know him very well. Um, Shanna's dad and stepmom um, knew him a little bit better than I did because mm-hmm. he actually um, lived there with them. Oh. Um, when Shanna was living with them while she was on an ankle bracelet, mm-hmm. Kyle came. Um, I don't know if he, I don't really know the reason why he moved in there, but he did. And then. Um, they have any problems with him? No, while they were actually living there, there was zero problems, nothing. There was no arguing. They both did very well. Um, no reason to think anything, nothing. Okay. And 
they might did they move out though at some point? Did they did Shanna and Kyle get their own place at some point? Yes. Um it was that winter, um so it would have been the winter of two thousand fifteen. Okay. Shanna finally saved up enough money and she got approved and graduated from um the drug court and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um or no, she would not graduate from drug court, I'm sorry. But they allowed her to um you know, she was off the ankle bracelet. And so she, she worked, um, and uh, Kyle worked in Chippewa, so they found a place in Chippewa Falls. Um, okay. The cute little one, you know, cute little two-bedroom apartment. And um, they moved out. She got ended up getting a car, uh, which was a really big deal for her to get a car on her own. Um, and like I said, she was doing very well, very, very well. Um, you know, her house was cute. She had new furniture. I mean, everything was just, it was... Everything was really doing good. Really flipped around from like 2014. Flipped. Yep. Okay. Completely flipped around. Okay. Yep. So maybe there was a thinking that maybe this cow guy was maybe actually good for her. Yeah. You know, especially yeah, since yeah. he has no problem living under the same roof as Shanna's father and was kind of, mm-hmm. you know, Kyle seemed to be minding his P's and Q's and being a good guy and not causing any trouble, not being abusive to right. Shanna, at least under the roof of the, right. the fa- of Shanna's father. But I think what eventually happened, though, in 2016, that that wasn't what continued between the two, was it? No, it wasn't. Um, Shanna, um, when Shanna was using and she used for so long, sometimes Shanna would exaggerate stories. So, like... If she got into just like an argument with somebody, she might say, oh, my gosh, she swung at me and tried to hit me, you know, mm. um, very, um, we just, we just, had, even though she was doing good, we still had a lot of trust issues with her, with things that she would tell us. And now I just, um, it breaks my heart that I didn't believe her. Um, about three months before she had disappearance, um, she um, started coming to us and talking to us about um, like her and Kyle would be, would fight a lot, mm-hmm. and they would started fighting because um, Stefan wanted um, to see the baby, and Shanna would let him, and he was very um, jealous of Stefan um, because Shanna and Stefan, like I said, those two um, they were, were almost like soulmates, mm-hmm. and he. Kyle did not like that stuff and was starting to come into the picture um, and visiting his daughter. So they would argue about that um, a lot. Um, Kyle showed up to Shanna's work a couple times. Um, and like I said, she worked night shifts. And he would show up at the um, group home and um, try to get her to come outside to talk, things like that. Um, and I just, you know, I just, we, and then we found out later on after Shannon's disappearance that there were restraining orders put out, but mm-hmm. she would always break them. So, um, but about three months after Shannon's So just, let's, let's just be clear on that. So okay. something would happen, there'd be a restraining order, and then she would let Kyle back into her life. She'd let him come back to their house or their apartment or whatever else. Is that what you mean by breaking? Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, 
like uh, about three months after Shannon's disappearance, um, one of her friends, Angel Erickson, who actually was a really good friend of Shannon's, um, we um, she came to something that I had, and and we sat and talked. Mm-hmm. And she actually was the one that had told us about the domestic charges. Um, Angel actually was the one that called up both times. Mm-hmm. Um, he had choked her, broke bones. Um, Cal, Cal had choked Shanna, broke bones. Yep. Uh, just just to make sure we use the names because we don't use too many pr- pronouns here. Uh, Cal, in fact, you had told me that Angel had gone over there one day and had come in to see Cal on top of Shanna beating her up mm-hmm. yep okay yep and that was um that was actually june 10th of 2016 so 12 days before the disappearance date right okay and yep. on top of that um I, i'm not sure about the dates but maybe sometime in july of 2016 or august of 2016 there were some court dates coming up regarding some of this prior abuse right is that true okay it is okay all right so we have these things going on once again you didn't know that this was going on or you knew that there were problems because kyle was jealous of stefan but like you said you maybe thought that she was exaggerating a little bit because you said that shanna sometimes did that uh was shanna's father aware of any of this being that he got to know kyle better was he aware that any of this was going on no, um, he, the same as I, um, you know, we knew that she exaggerated, you know, kind mm-hmm. of exaggerated things to make things go her way. Um, and, uh, you know, like her dad had said that, you know, there was no issues at all when they were at his home mm-hmm. and, you know, he just, he, Kyle came off as the big soft teddy bear, big yeah. guy, um, but heart of gold, you know, mm-hmm. um, to take in that little girl and just treat her like she was his own, um, you know, that's that's really hard to find, especially when you're only 21 years old. Okay. So, and um, do you so believe, no. let's, uh, let me ask you this. During that time of being that now she was confiding in you, telling you all about this, is it your belief over the course of, for example, 2016, getting into June 2016, that your daughter Shanna was clean. Was she sticking to her probation rules and everything as far as you could tell? The only, I, I do. I do not think that my daughter did any um, hard drugs, the hard ones. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking like meth, cocaine, heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot guarantee you um, that she was not smoking some weed once in a while mm-hmm. um, because her, her drug tests weren't as close together as they were. And um, I did know that sometimes she would have a beer after work. Okay, and she wasn't allowed to do that? She wasn't allowed to do that by by um, being on probation. Yeah. Um, But drinking was never Shanna's deal. Mm -hmm. Um, It it had always been drugs. Drugs. Um, You know, and we confronted her about it and told her, you know, you're on probation, you're not supposed to be doing it. Um, But at you know, and I, I mean, I may, I maybe have been wrong, but I just said to her, you know, if you need to go home and have a couple of beers to unwind and go to bed and relax, I'd rather have you do that than go and shoot up some heroin. Of course. So if you, if you have to pick the one, you know, right. that's the one I'd rather have you pick. 
Okay. So, and to your knowledge, did anybody where she was had this job, this night shift job, anybody at that job have any problems with the work she was doing there? Was she employee in good standing at this at this uh, work? Oh, they loved her there. Loved her. She picked up extra shifts all the time. Um, she just, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that everybody always says this about their their loved ones, but Shanna really was loved. Shanna had a huge support system. She had um, a ton of friends in both worlds, in her drug world and in her normal world. Um, She was constantly doing favors for people and and making sure that everybody always felt welcome and everybody always felt, you know, warm and like they were part of an extended family. Um, After their dad and I got divorced, I had a lot of girlfriends that were single with kids. And I think that kind of um, brushed off on her how we would always have big dinners on the weekends. And, it, you know, if you didn't have nowhere to go, you came to our house. Um, bring your kids, drop them off, go to work, you know, whatever you needed to do. And I think that just kind of carried over because she seemed to, to do the same thing. Um, so I, I um, you know, to, to, I, I really do not think that, like I said, I do not think she was went back okay. to hard drugs. Well, once again, I'm just asking to your, just asking your knowledge what you experienced. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to have their own suspicions, but you were the one who talked oh, to yeah. her. So your your perception is that she was as clean uh, that you had seen her in the last several years, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's just get to this now. Now the the seemingly the pivotal date in this disappearance and. Um, Listeners should know that uh, Angela um, checked up on some things, and uh, there was maybe uh, she maybe she misremembered. Maybe and she, I don't think Angela, you're the only one about the dates and some of these things that went down. So Angela was able to go back and firm up some of these things. Um, up to this point, I think the popular idea has been that uh, this what started this happened on June 17th, which would be a Friday. But you went back and checked. And you believe this all started on June 19th, which is a Sunday. And what happened on June 19th, uh, that Sunday of 2016? Um, and of course, you know, she never told us this. Mm-hmm. And we'll get in and we'll get into that. We will certainly get into that. But now that what you've learned since then, what you learned about that day, what happened? Okay. Well, that day, Shannon had to work. Um, she had gotten home from work um, at like, I don't know, she worked night shift, so she would have been home at like maybe 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, been up all night, she needed to go to sleep. And like I had said, you know, we knew that she would drink a beer or two and then go to bed and help her go to sleep. Because um, she didn't like taking pills or anything because of her, you know, opiate addiction mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it, it was Father's Day. And so she knew that she had to sleep um, before she go and have supper at her dad's you know, Father's Day supper. Um, <clears throat> she had had a couple beers um, and they, the police decided to do a random UA, or not UA, breathalyzer on her. Hmm. Well, of course she blew and she registered, which is a violation of her probation. Um, normally they would take you right away, um, but for some reason they didn't. They didn't. Um, mm-hmm. They, I, I'm a, 
you know, I'm assuming they just like, you know, cause I, I, um, I'm assuming that they just would have given it to the probation officer, let the, let the probation officer do what he needed to do about it. Um, so like I said before, Shannon was on the three, three strike program and this was like strike number nine huh. with her. And, um, so Shanna thought she was on her way to prison. She thought mm-hmm. if gets this, she's on her way to prison. Okay. She did go, um, she did go to supper at her dad's. And um, when I spoke to him, he said, you know, that she seemed really down, depressed, not herself. Um, and she did not have the baby. She did not have the baby with her. Stephanie had the baby because it was Father's Day. Just so we can clarify that too. Okay. Um, she went, you know, and he just kind of talked to her and she just, she, what she said to him is that she was tired from working a lot and that some stuff had happened, but she didn't say what. She just said some stuff went down and she's like, I just, I, I'm, she's like, I'm just, I, I'm preoccupied. And we have to remember if I jump in for a second that at this point, nobody knows about any of the, the domestic abuse that she was suffering. Okay. So no. nobody knew about that. I'm sure that wore down too. But uh, did Kyle go with her to her father's that day? No, because right. there was a restraining order. Oh, okay. So this is – all right, so the restraining order, uh, this was one of the times where she still had it against him and she was sticking to it? Or mm-hmm. do you think that she had Kyle stay at home be- well, for some reason? Or Sure. And you're on that. Your guess is as good as mine. Okay. All right. But to be, but just so we know, Kyle was not at this Father Day Father's Day dinner. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So what happens from there? So she's saying she's down, doesn't really kind of want to talk about it, and then what happens into the next day? Okay. Um. So that was Sunday. Um. The next day, which would have been the twentieth, um, Shannon went to work. Um, and, um, as far as we know, um, no one, um, no one knew about, um, what, what had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, she just, I suppose she just was just kind of waiting to have the police come and pick her up, you know? Yeah. Um, but they didn't, um, she went to work and went home. Um, she, um, you know, so, so that Monday would have just been, you know, just like, an, I mean, obviously other than her thinking about what is going to happen, it would have just been a normal day. Okay. Um, the 21st, which was the next day, um, I had texted Shanna that morning. I, I hadn't seen her for like probably three, four days. And um, I texted her and just, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, it's mom, I miss you you know, can we hang out soon? What's been going on? And she texts back that she's been working a lot and that she was depressed with, you know, she was, she was sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I texted back, you know, Hey, you know, I'm your mom, you know, we can talk about anything, you know, let's, let's, you know, why don't you call me? And she's like, I'll call you tonight. And I'm like, you know, okay, love ya. You know? So you and Shanna text each other on that Tuesday morning. But then later that day, Stefan called you, and what did he have to say? Actually, um, Stefan called um, Shanna's dad. Okay. Um, 
and said that Shanna had never showed up um, to pick up the baby. Um, huh. She was supposed to be, get done with work <clears throat> at three, and she was, um, or not three, I'm sorry, she was supposed to pick her up at 10, um, get done with work, take a little nap, and then come get her. And okay. um, Shanna never, Shanna didn't show up. So, um, had this ever happened before, to your knowledge? Oh, never, never. never. Okay. Mm-mm. Um. So Shanna's dad, um, because he lived in Bloomer and she was in Chippewa, um, he called a cousin that lived um, down the street a little bit, and um, asked her to um, run over to Shanna's apartment and see, you know, maybe wake her up because they figured she, you know, overslept. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um, she did, she ran over there and when she got into, um, the apartment right away, she seen on the table, there was a piece of paper and a cell phone sitting sitting on the table. Um, so she looked at it and she called, um, Shannon's bud, um, Shannon's dad bud right away to Mm -hmm. tell him that there was a note and he needed to, to get here. To, the to, get, to get to the place where Kyle and Shanna were living together. Right. Okay. And when in, in this process of this Tuesday, did Bud call you and tell you what was going on? When did you find out all about this? I didn't find out till a little later in the afternoon. Um, okay. You know, he didn't want to um, upset me. <laughs> okay. I understand right that. Of course. Um, okay. But yeah. Um, yeah, when he when they seen the note and um, told us that you know um, seen the note, read it, kind of took a look around the house and stuff, um, and then he you know he called and told me that you know she was gone. Okay, and so he gone. gets over there and the note is there, and we're going to talk about that note in a second. But her phone is also there, the phone that she would have used to text you earlier in the day, right? Right. Okay. So they get there, and what does the note say? The note says that um, she had gotten into some trouble and that she knows knew that she was going to be going to prison and that there was something that she needed to do before she went. Um, she asked um, all of us to um, take care of the baby, that she knew that she was going to be loved, um, and that Shanna loved all of us and that she would be back. Huh. And that's what it said. Okay. Did it say anything specifically about, because at that point, none of you knew about the breathalyzer, right? None of you did. No. All right. No, and did, It just said that she had gotten into trouble. Trouble. She wasn't specific about it. No. Okay. And it, I realize that none of you are handwriting experts, but um, did, it, did it look like it was Shanna's writing? It was Shanna's writing. Um, okay. The the police department did have um, a handwriting person look at it, but um, sure. you could tell, I mean, and you could tell by the way she wrote, um, it was not distressed. Like it wasn't like someone had forced her to write it and she was all, you know, shaky. Okay. What was, and so her phone was there, but what was the general, um, what was the general state of the apartment? Was anything else missing? Was was it completely cleaned out? Were there still clothes there? What did you see? What did Bud see when you went over there? 
Um, Shanna um, is a very, <laughs> she's a very materialistic person. Um, so her furniture, I mean, all of the home decor stuff that was still there, but all of her personal items were gone. Um, her drawers were stripped out, um, you know, and she had, you know, the more expensive clothes. Um, all that stuff was missing, her hygiene products, hairspray, um, anything that you would need to just, like if you, like you were going on vacation. You know, mm-hmm. you took your best stuff and um, left everything else behind. Huh. So it looked like she was taking off, like fleeing the... I guess you could play fleeing a jurisdiction because of this trouble that she got into. When you, when you or Bud or father read that part about how she got in some trouble, what did you think? I mean, we know what it might have been, but what did you think at the time? Oh, I'm, no clue. Because I mean, we we were just flabbergasted. We were just we couldn't believe that this was happening. Mm-hmm. Couldn't believe that this was happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And what did you do next? What did he do next? What did you do next for the rest of Tuesday? Um, we just kind of waited, tried to get a hold of Kyle. Um, couldn't get a hold of him. He was not answering. Um, mm-hmm. Went through her phone and called every number that we could on there. And, of course, no one knew where she was, if they would even answer. Um, okay. Then we decided to... Um, call her probation officer and tell him that she, you know, this is what, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. Okay. And we also did call the police. Um, but there's nothing that they could, you know, nothing they they could do. Nothing they Mm -hmm. could do at that time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she looks like to you, like she took off and I've Mm -hmm. seen that everything was gone. You must've thought, well, if she got in some trouble, it must be a big deal of trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we knew, and we knew that she was on her last leg. We knew that she was going to go, you know, we, it depended on what she did, but we knew that she was going to be going to prison. Okay. All yeah, right. She, mm-hmm. Okay. So we go into, so you're worried about her. Of course, Kyle is missing too. You tried calling him. He's not picking mm-hmm. up his phone. Is that true? True. True. Okay. So let's move to Wednesday. What happens then? Um, Wednesday, um, they, you know, we're still trying to find Shanna. We did file, um, because it was the 24 hours, we did file the report um, for her to be a missing, you know, she was missing. Um, About, I'm going to say that my phone rang, um, about quarter to four, cause it was, I just walked in the door and it was Bud mm. and he had said that he had just got off the phone with Kyle mm. and that he was, Bud was on his way to, um, St. Paul to South of St. Paul or not St. Paul. I'm sorry. St. Cloud. And that Kyle had said that Shanna was using that she, um, got very paranoid, jumped out of the car and took off running through a cornfield into a woods and he didn't know what to do. Wow. So Bud told him to, 
um, called, you know, asked him where he was. Well, of course, he, he had no idea where he was. Um, but Bud asked him to call 911. And then Bud actually called 911 too. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it was uh, I don't know, about two an hour, a little over two hour drive for Bud to get to where, um, you know, to get to where they needed to be. Okay. So let me just set this up. Where did Kyle and Shanna live in what city? Chippewa Falls. Chippewa Falls. Okay. And Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay. And, and when Kyle called Bud, once again, Shanna's father, your ex-husband, where was he? Where was Kyle? What, What city was he closest to? What highway was he on when he made that call? He was just off of um, a road that's um, big, huge interstate, um, I-94, mm-hmm. and he was um, just just south, or I'm sorry, um, just south of um, St. Cloud um, in a town called St. Augustine. Okay. And how far of a drive would that, just approximately, how far from Chippewa Falls to St. Augustine? Two hours and 52 minutes. Oh, you know it exactly. Okay, very good. Thank you. (laughs) All right, very good. Okay, so, and at that point when Kyle makes that call, during that call, does he even say why they're even there at all? Nope. Nope. Okay, so then Bud shows up there, Kyle's there, uh, the police have been called, and uh, our search is done in this area where Kyle says that... um, Shannon jumped out of the car and ran into the woods. Search is done. Mm-hmm. For how long? Um, actually, they did. Um, <laughs> that's where it gets a little tricky. Is um, Kyle stated that Shannon got out of the car in two different spots. Um, the spot that he had said that she got out, um. And ran, where he actually watched her run into this cornfield into the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, the police did bring in a bloodhound. Um, it was a couple hours later. Um, they put the bloodhound in the car because it was Shannon's car. And he tracked her for about 300 yards. And then um, apparently the dog became overheated. Um, that's so one out of called... that's one out of uh, fitness dog for three hundred yards. Okay, <laughs> not the right. of the the puppy, but that's interesting. Okay. Mhm. Um. So they apparently they called for a second dog, um. But then it started to rain, so they decided not to do it. Mhm. So, um. That was kind of the end of the day. Um, that was Wednesday, June 22nd. June 22nd, yeah. Uh, okay. So just to clear this up, Kyle said that Shanna – is Kyle saying that she jumped out of the car twice, or or are you saying that he changed his story when you say that he jumped? she jumped out at two different locations? Well, after we <clears throat> sat down and talked to him, mm-hmm. um, well, they, they got done – um, they left the area, went back to the Stearns County Police Department, and um, Kyle had to give a statement. Um, so then that's when kind of we heard his, you know, his version of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So if you would like me to start from what he had said happened, sure, that's that. sure, absolutely. That's a good place. Okay. To, that's a good place to do that right now. Okay. So this is the only part that we have ever heard from Kyle, and that was because um, Bud was sitting right there. Um, so anything that he has said to the Chippewa Police Department, we have no idea. We we are not. Um, they will not allow us to look at any of the files. Okay. Um, but but Bud was sitting there with the Stearns County, you know, the one in Minnesota where she actually went missing. Um, Kyle said that um, that's when we heard about the breathalyzer. Okay. Or Bud had heard about the breathalyzer. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel was scared that she was going to go to prison. So he, um, she told Kyle that she wanted to go to California to see the ocean before she went to prison because she knew she'd never go again. So Kyle decided to go with her. Um, but they had to wait for her check. So they had cash. So Shanna called, um, or she got paid on Tuesdays, and a friend of hers, Amy McNamara, mm-hmm. um, who worked for Shanna, but also was a, a, a heroin addict. Um, she called, Shanna called Amy to ask her if she could bring her check to Chippewa. So Amy did. Um, they cashed the check, but Amy needed drugs. So... They gave Amy a ride to Eau Claire, which is the next town over, um, which is a pretty big city. Um, and um, they could not get what they needed. So Kyle said they dropped Amy off at a friend's. And, um, but Amy knew, Amy knew where they were going. Amy knew what was going on. That's what he says. Uh, okay. Amy knew that they, Shanna and Kyle, were headed to California. Yep. Okay. 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 So this. I-94 um, is a major, um, it, it's it's what you would take to get to where, you know, to get to, you know, it's just a, it's a freeway. Um, they got on there and um, about 30 minutes from Chippewa is, a, it's a college town, Menominee. And they actually stayed the night there um, in a hotel which is very odd if you're trying to get out of the, you know, if you're trying to leave, why would you only drive 30 minutes? And, um, but, but he did not explain why he just said that that, that's where they stayed Mm -hmm. for the night. Um, I do know that Shanna spent a lot of time in the Menominee doing drugs. Um, that's kind of like the halfway point. The drugs were coming from St. Cloud or Minneapolis, stopping in Menominee for the college town and then headed to Eau Claire. So that's just a speculation of, you know, I don't, we don't know why they stayed there and he did not say. Um, so instead of going west on I-94 like they should have, um, they switched over and headed north to St. Cloud, hmm. um, which is not where you would go to go to California. You're not going to go north. Um, they were caught on a camera Wednesday morning. Um, at a convenience store at a town called Rogers, Minnesota, this little town. And we're assuming that they stopped there, got gas. Um, it um, shows Shanna. We have pictures of Shanna at the ATM <laughs> and a picture of her buying cigarettes at the counter. Um, and Shanna um, is kind of like a, a hippie gypsy kind of girl. Mm-hmm. So she's always wearing long skirts and the long... Um, her stuff like that um 
and you can see, you know, the stuff that she has on, and then you also see Kyle. Um, that was at um, 10.30 in the morning. So they would have left. When on Wednesday, June 22nd. Wednesday, June 22nd. June 22nd. Okay. Yes. So we do know that that's where they were because, we, you know, we they're on the tape. How did that tape, Kyle, if I may ask, how did that tape get mm-hmm. discovered? Is, is it because Kyle said they stopped in at a convenience store and yeah. then the police went there? Or was it just yeah. by luck? Or how, how did it no, Kyle said that that's where they had stopped. All right. So the story checked out. Yep. He, he was telling the truth. Okay. Um, so this is the big mystery. Um, mm-hmm. Where Shanna actually got out of the car, where her scent was picked up, and where this town is, where they were seen, it's only a 45-minute drive. So you have from 1030 to 3 o'clock, and Kyle does not know what they did. No, has never explained what they were doing. All he said is that Shanna um, picked up some drugs in Menominee that she was using because she was in trouble anyways. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? Okay. Um, and um, I don't know, you know, for those that know about addiction, is when you quit, when you're done, um, you don't start back out like when you, you go into and you relapse. You don't start back down on the low dose. You start back up where you left off. On the big dose. Yep. Okay. And that's when people overdose is hey, because but, your body. But that's not what Kyle said. Kyle didn't say she overdosed. He right. said she ran off into the nope. woods. Yep. He said she ran off into the woods. Um, you know, she was high. And, um, but first he said that she had ran off <clears throat> into this other section of woods and she had ran out of the car and mm. she had shoes on and she had her purse and that they, um, run 94 or 94, they had passed the cop and she got paranoid and she thought that Kyle had called the cops and was going to get her arrested. Mm-hmm. This, this is what he's telling us mm-hmm. and that she yelled at him to stop the car she got out of the car and she took off running now let me ask you something hold on a second let me if if i may Mm -hmm. now they're in shanna's car not kyle's car shanna's car right okay Mm -hmm. but he's driving yes okay so he is saying that uh, unless she jumped out while the car was moving he's saying that he actually pulled over to the side of the road and that's when she jumped out twice right okay all right, mm-hmm. so she jumps out once. He manages to get her back in the car. She jumps out again. She never comes back. That's what we're supposed to understand, even though Kyle is the one that's driving. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um. All right. Um. On this videotape that was mentioned, is it not shown that – and we're going to get back to that paycheck here in a moment – but is it also not shown that uh, Shanna accessed her, her checking accounts or something to get some money? It shows her at the ATM. Um, whose account it was, we're not, you know, we don't know. Um, but, um, you know, we don't know if it was hers or Kyle's because they both worked. So we don't, you know, we don't know. But all we know is that, that she's seen taking money out of the ATM. Okay, and how much was it? She, um, it was around $500 is what Kyle was saying is what um, they had taken out of the ATM. And okay. that she had, and then the other cash that they had on was what she had. 
from she from what she cashed the check from. Right, and we'll get we'll get back to that second. I want to talk about that check in a bit. Okay, so they go to this uh, place. Um, they're seen on video, and it would have usually only taken forty five minutes to get from that convenience store to where Kyle says she jumped out of the car, but it seemingly took like four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. All right. And Kyle has never explained why it took that long. No, he had just said that Shanna um, was, you know, flipping out and that they just kind of cruised around back roads for four and a half hours. Okay. All right. And you've already also explained that in the direction that they were going, going north, this was not the direction to California. Right. Okay. Now, this is where I want to bring up – I want to talk about this paycheck. Please, Let's go over this again. Uh, this Amy McNamara who worked with Shanna brought Shanna her check on Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. That would, all right. That would be right. June 21st. And then they are saying that Amy got into the car with Kyle and Shannon. They took off, and at some point they dropped Amy off. Right. Okay. And you said that Shanna – cashed her check somewhere and when we say cash she gave them the check they gave she got money back how much was that mm-hmm. check worth um it was a little over a little a uh, little over 600 okay now there is something about this pay stub why don't you tell the listeners where was this pay stub and what was on it well the pay stub was still in her um it was at her house okay um, and on the pay stub on the back of it um, was written Amy, Amy's name and Amy's phone number. Okay. And also there was a name of a uh, old boyfriend. His name was Sage, um, Sage Giles, and he actually lived in California at that time. Huh, all right. So he's a. Were written. All right. So he is a new guy, a new person being brought into all of this. Um, mm-hmm. he, Shannon knew him from years ago, like you said, ex-boyfriend, uh, now living mm-hmm. in California and his name and phone number was on this check stub. Amy McNamara's, uh, name and was on this check stub, but the check stub wasn't in the car. It was back at the house where her phone and the note were left. Right. Okay. All right. Um, have you had a chance to talk to... Um, can you think of any reason why she would have written those two names down on a check stub, but then leave the check stub at home? My guess is she probably forgot it because it was not by the note in her phone. Mm-hmm. Um, the pay stub was laying on the counter. So she might have had it in her hand to remember those phone numbers mm-hmm. because just like me, you know, with cell phones, you don't need to remember people's numbers anymore. That's you right. You just touch the number. So my guess is um, that they were probably headed to California to see Sage, and um, she had the number written down because she wasn't going to take her phone. Um, and also, you know, Amy, Amy knew they were going, so I don't know if she had Amy's number written on there, so maybe she could keep contact with her, um, you know, kind of keep a contact still in the area so she could know what was going on here. Because mm-hmm. um, she knew that she would be getting, you know, because she is really violating her probation now. Um, and my guess is it's just it got sat down and she forgot it. Okay, so you think that 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 uh, check stub being there was a mistake? Right. Okay. I think she might take right. it with her. Okay. 
Okay. Did you? Um, guessing in those days, and we'll get back to the searches on that roadside in a little bit. But um, have you talked to Sage? Uh, have you called him? Maybe back then, or even since then, he did he have any yeah. idea that uh, Shanna could be headed to California? Did she ever call him to tell him that? No. Um. No. He. Um. I have talked to Sage a, a few times. Um, mm-hmm. Sage or Sage was um. He actually was one of the fathers that was the you know in the paternity um for the baby, um and we really liked Sage a lot. Um, very mm-hmm. nice young man, um, but uh, he was originally from California. So when him and Shannon broke up, he just kind of ventured back that way. Okay. Um, if 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 she would have contacted him and said, "Hey, I was coming to California." he would have called us and let us know mm-hmm. he wasn't um i don't you know he always had shanna's best interest at heart um and you know but he also knew that she was you know when they dated she was you know really <laughs> um very active in her addiction right so um, all right so sage was uh before stefan um, no, it was Stefan and then Sage, and then it was kind of Stefan and Sage. Okay. Okay. So a little bit back and forth there and everything. And like you said, at one point you thought that Sage might have even been the father of uh, Shanna's child. All right. So, but just to be clear, Sage had no idea if Shanna had plans to go to California. He didn't know anything about it. Right. Okay. And do you, and you believe that? I believe that, yes. Okay. <clears throat> All right, let's get back to the search um, from the Thursday and onwards, Thursday, June 23rd. We know about this dog that got overheated after um, 300 yards, which if it was something else, it might not actually might be kind of funny, but it's not in this situation. Um, any other searches done uh, in the area on those uh, rest of those days along uh, the road there? No. None. No, no. Um, unfortunately, um, Stearns County um, didn't really follow through with um, Shanna being a missing person. Um, actually, um, in uh, according to the state of Minnesota, Shanna is not a missing person. She is an adult runaway. Mm. Um, but in Chippewa um, County here in Wisconsin, she is considered a missing person. So it's just kind of goofy, the different states and how their different rules um, go. Um, so um, there were no more searches done. Um, so anything after that day, uh, we have organized ourselves. And of course, it takes a lot of time to it does. get you know, these things right. done. Um, the area where Shanna um, allegedly went missing um, is a 780-acre swamp. Um, it is owned um, by little parcels um, bet- between 12 people, um, big like hunting land. And um, that particular year, there was a lot of rain that spring. Mm-hmm. So um, it was very flooded, um, very um, dense, lots of pickers, lots of... Um, um, it was, it was, it's, it's a, it's a mess, um, sinkholes, um, just 
horrible, a horrible, horrible, horrible place. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to get uh, permission from each of the landowners um, to be able to search the land um, you know, because it was all private. And um, we organized a search, and it was October 1st of um, 2016. Uh, we decided to kind of wait for fall, um, well, for one, because it took that long to organize and to get a hold of all the landowners. And um, we kind of figured because of the fall time and people, um, hunters are out, you know, looking for sheds or putting up, you know, scratch or, you know, whatever the hunting deal. Um, And we had read that most missing persons are found by hunters in the fall because they're watching. They know what to look for. Um, They're looking for shed and they'll see a bone. So um, that was one of the reasons why we did that. we ended up with a little over 200 people um, at our search. And because of the terrain was so bad, it ended up being two days. It was the 1st and 2nd of October, 2016. Um, and we found nothing. Um, we did not find um, any clothing. We did not find her purse. We found nothing. Um, did, did you find any signs that any human had ever been in those woods? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, there were um, there were three sets of bones found that were not um, the the team that we were working with. Um, you know, um, if someone found something, you would raise your hand and you know holler or whatever. Um, so they did find different um, bones, and they got taken away right away by the police and sent to the um, National Bone um, Bone Database. Um, so and then you know then later on they had called us and said that no it, you know it was not her um it was you know whatever but they just you know they can only tell us what you know if it's ours or not mm-hmm. um so nothing was found um but there were a bunch of areas that we could not get to um because we had drones we had horses four-wheelers um and but there still were areas where we couldn't get to so later on that spring um, of 2017, um, we did another search, but we did more of a private search. Um, and we, we went over areas that we felt that she could get to, um, because Kyle had said that she was barefooted. She had on, um, leggings, thin leggings and a tank top. Um, the area where the dog tracked her, um, I actually walked that exact same spot because I just felt I needed to. Um, <clears throat> the pickers and the briars were so thick, yeah. and I had on a long I had on a long sleeve um, shirt and blue jeans, and I actually had to throw my clothes away because there was, wow. there was just so many pickers and, and binders on there. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, mine was in the fall and hers was in the spring, but. Um, the cops are the the police with the Strange County Police Department is pretty much saying that they thought think that oh, she ran so far into the woods and then that she jumped the fence and hitched a ride with a trucker. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's um the dogs never picked up a scent by the fence. The dogs never picked up any blood. Um, they have never picked up anything. And like you're saying that it's so thick in there you'd think if she was running through there trying to get through there maybe a branch would have snagged her clothing maybe it would have ripped there might be something like that and nothing like that nothing like that 
Um, and the la- in the last two and a half years, um, we have had, uh, we've actually had a really very good response with um, help. Um, we have had uh, five different sets of cadaver dogs from all over the mm-hmm. United States come and search that exact spot. And um, they have turned up nothing. Awesome. Nothing. Okay, let's talk about Amy McNamara a little bit. Um, she was the last one who uh, could verify that she saw Kyle and Shannon together. Um, she mm-hmm. like uh, the story is that she got dropped off, but at least mm-hmm. initially she was not very helpful in all of this investigation, was she? No. Um, my mom um, teaches um, a bunch of Christian classes to to people in jail, and um, shortly after um, Shanna's disappearance, I'm going to say like two three months. Um, we did, you know, we we knew about Amy, but um, from what Kyle had said, but we didn't know where she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes into the the jails and teaches these Christian based programs, and there's Amy in jail, in the Chippewa County Jail. So when Shanna first went missing and we found out about Amy McNamara, we went to the Chippewa County Jail, or the Chippewa County Police Department, and told them that we know that Amy McNamara, um, you know, she has a very good record, and that we know that she was involved. Could they talk to her? It took the police um, two years to talk to her. And uh, we got very upset when we found out two months later after Shannon went missing, Amy was in jail and the police knew about it and no one talked to her. And she was right around the corner there in the jail. And she wasn't there just for a couple of weeks. She was there for nine months. Wow. What did she do? Drugs. Okay. Okay. So she was, uh, and then once uh, finally somebody did track her down, was she helpful, or uh, my understanding she was un- unhelpful? Um, no, she was helpful at that point um, um, because she was in the jail again, um, and um, we, um, I call the I call the police department at least once a month, mm-hmm. um, both of them, um, to just kind of see what the activity is. Are they doing anything? Um, you know, just to let them know that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going away. Um, and, uh, um, Amy was, um, so they did finally go and talk to Amy and she did verify that she did pick up Shannon's check, that she did go to, they did go to Eau Claire. Um, but Amy said that they did drop her off at a friend's house and, um, that was the last time that she seen Shannon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, this place where she got dropped off, has that person verified that she got dropped off there? Do no, you know? No, you... she won't. She won't tell us. She won't tell anybody. Oh, she so she, well. Once again, uh, that's why I say helpful. I guess once again, that doesn't sound very helpful to me. But I mean, if she's going <laughs> to verify that she saw Shannon and Kyle, I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. But if she's not going to say where she got dropped off, then how do we really know she got dropped off at all? Right. Right. Okay. Do you think that she doesn't tell this, uh, tell anybody this because it's probably some drug-related thing? Yes. Okay. And to this day, we're doing this interview on March 19th, 2019. Uh, has Amy ever said 
who she got dropped off with. And where would would have this been in Chippewa Falls, or or where where would she have gotten dropped off at? It was in Eau Claire. In Eau Claire, okay. Mm-hmm. So she's never verified where she got dropped off in Eau Claire. No, never. Okay. All right, and you've had have you had a chance to personally talk to her? Um, no. Um, I, um, I get very upset when I think about her or Kyle Mm -hmm. and, um, so I just choose not to, um, I choose not to, um, if any of that stuff needs to be done or talked to, then, um, Bud kind of takes over that spot um, because I just, I, I can't, I can't, I just can't deal with that. Okay. All right, let's uh this always uh seems to come back to Kyle. Uh he says mm-hmm. that they were dr- just once again to go over this at least a little bit. He says that they were going along, he's driving. Shanna freaks out, she wants out of the car. She jumps out once, she gets back in the car. They go down the road a little further, it happens again. She never returns. Of course, she is missing, her purse is missing, all that money sh- by my mm-hmm. math business major math, that's about $1100 that she had mm-hmm. on her that's never been mm-hmm. found, right? Right. Okay. Right. Okay. There's this story of going to California, but Sage, uh, who's kind of an ex-boyfriend of Shannon's, didn't know that she was coming there, even though his phone number was on the tech stub that was still back mm-hmm. at the apartment. Um, has Kyle ever taken a polygraph regarding the disappearance of Shanna? No. Um, when all of this happened, um, we asked um, the detective that was on the case at that time if Kyle had ever been given a polygraph. Um, she had told us yes, that he had been given a polygraph, that he had passed, and that he was not being considered as a suspect, even though he was the last person to see her. Uh-huh. When we did the search um, in October, um, the the um, search and rescue team that we were working with called United Legacy um, had access and it actually gotten some of the police reports from Chippewa County. In those papers, it specifically said that Kyle had not been given a polygraph. Mm. Okay. Uh, he had not been given one. Did he refuse to take one, or he was just never asked? Um, when, um, as far as I know, he was never asked. Okay. And now that he is being asked, now he's refusing. Okay. All right. Um, that might be suspicious, but there's no... Um... Law that says a person must take a polygraph test, so we just don't know. It may be that he's worried about something else that has gone on in his life and not Shanda's disappearance mm-hmm. that may could could maybe get him in trouble. Um, mm-hmm. We have to remember now, going well back uh, into this conversation, we remember that Shanda did have domestic abuse charges against him, and those were going to be um, – I'm not saying coming to trial or anything, but there was something going to be going on with them, I'm guessing sometime in July. But what happened to those charges? Magically, because of the 
Costino, she was the plaintiff. Um, she was not there to um, go forward with the charges, so the charges got dropped. Okay. And uh, we have to remember that it was uh, Shanna's sponsor, a uh, person by the name of Angel, who saw um, one of these incidents uh, happen. Was that not good enough to keep at least some of those charges intact, being this person was a witness? Apparently not. Okay. All right. Well, we know that um, Shanna didn't take her phone. Did Kyle ever try to explain why she didn't take her phone? Um, Shanna did not take her phone um, because we had it monitored. We had a, we had a tracker on it. So we knew where she was at all times. And she knew that, you know, she knew that that mm -hmm. was on there. Um, so that's my, you know, that's why she, you know, she didn't take it. Okay. Um, what kind of tracker was this? Do you know the name of it? How was it used? I mean, we all know that our phones can be pinged and everything, but this was something a little more than that even? Yeah, it was something that we had to pay extra for on the plan. Um, it was some kind of device that you put in there. It was like a teenage prevention device, and I don't even know if they do it anymore. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but it gave you the exact location coordinates of where she, you know, where okay. the where the phone was. Angela, it'd be interesting if um, maybe after this conversation, next couple days, you could find out exactly what the name of that is. I'm sure I, I know I would like to look into it. I'm sure some of the listeners would like to look into it too, just to see, you know, how that worked and um, how accurate and everything it would be. That might mm -hmm. be, that might, if you could in your time, and I know you've been very busy uh, recently. So that's mm -hmm. why you believe that she left her phone behind. Uh, but Kyle took his phone. Has his phone ever been pinged? Has anybody ever seen the records for those days? specifically Wednesday, um, the the day that Shanna disappeared. They did ping his phone, um, and the pings did show up in that area that, um, you know, that he said that they were in, but it was his phone, so no, we were never, um, you know, we couldn't look at his records. Okay. And... What has Kyle done with his life uh, since 2016? Um, he um, <clears throat> actually he has been getting into a lot of trouble. He's been um, in and out of jail um, the last couple of years. Um, drug charges, um, you know, nights in jail, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. So, um, not the Kyle that we were first introduced to. All right, so it seems like maybe he put on a little bit of a show when he was living with mm -hmm. Jana's father under his roof. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. if you can remind the listeners, how long do you think that Shannon and Kyle lived under uh, Bud's roof? You know, remember how um, long that was? Lived, yeah, they lived there about four months. Okay, so not short, not a short time. Mm -hmm. Okay, and has Kyle ever tried to explain? Um, if they were going to be going out of town, driving to the whole way to California from Wisconsin, let's just say that that mm -hmm. was the truth. Uh, is he essentially saying would they have been able to get back in time for these uh, domestic charges? Probably you know, coming not. to coming to fruition. Yeah, probably not. Uh, I mean, I don't. You know, I don't know. I guess mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. 
Um, I know that the charges were sometime in um, July, but because mm. they got dismissed, they're not on the record anymore. Right, right. Um, but, you know, my guess is they were, you know, I guess I don't even have a guess because I would okay. say. I guess what I'm saying is if they were going to California and she was going to go see the Pacific Ocean once before she thought she was going to way to jail for a while, um, this might have gotten in the way of those charges um, once again coming to fruition, sure. and, you know, which would have been very nice for Kyle, I guess. Okay. Now, there is something, though, that we've talked about, we haven't talked about yet, that is kind of the kicker in all of this, is that after the fact, how much trouble would Shanna have gotten in had she stuck around? And um, with this breathalyzer, how big tr big of a trouble would she have gotten in? What have you found out about that? I found out that she would maybe have sat just a couple of days in jail and that's it. Nothing would have happened. Well, that's very interesting, Angela. I got to tell you, if if she thought that she was going to be going to jail for a, way, uh, a while, that is certainly in contrast to what you personally found out yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised by that? Um... No, I actually was not surprised by that um, because she had done worse things than that mm -hmm. and um, didn't get into any, I mean, you know, um, you know, maybe spent the weekend in jail or something. Um, and that was about it. So is it, you know, and once again, I know listeners probably saying they don't believe this California trip story, and I'm not saying that I necessarily do either, but. We realized that the note was written by Shanna herself, okay? And we right. know that she did miss work on her own and all of these things. Mm -hmm. So is it your interpretation then that maybe Shanna overreacted to what happened with this breathalyzer those days before? Yes. Any reason you can think of that she might have overreacted like that? Do you think that that was something that was brought on by her own psyche or do you think that it was possibly something that Kyle maybe fed into, you know, and telling her, oh, and you're going to be in big trouble now. What do you think? I I don't think that Kyle fed into it. Um, I think Shannon did. Um, we come from a family of overreactors. Mm -hmm. um, so I um, I do believe that she blew out of port, a little bit out of proportion, thinking that um, – if she would have said something to me about it, I would have reassured her that let's just take the consequences. You know, you'd be, you know, you'd be up and honest and we'll take care of it. Um, but I do think she overreacted, but she also knew that she had gotten way more chances than anybody else in the drug court system. Mm -hmm. Like I said, that was her like strike number nine and you're only supposed to get three. Right. Yeah, that's that is the I think the kicker in all of this. I think that uh, I'm not saying that running away from the law is the right thing, but if somebody thinks they're going away for a long time, then maybe some people are going to do that. I'm not saying that's right, but being that you found out later that the penalty would not have been that harsh, mm -hmm. which may kind of make sense. It, it's alcohol. It's not drugs, and you've it's, you know you've right. verified that it was. It, this isn't something we're making up. It was for alcohol. There's no belief that she was doing meth or heroin again, is there? 
No. There's no proof no, of that. Maybe no. maybe it might be a rumor, but there's no proof of that. Right. Okay, there's no proof of that. So mm-hmm. it does seem that it might just be a couple days in jail, but for some reason it seems that Shanna was thinking otherwise. It seems, right. although I'm not sure the rest of the story with California, everything all checks out. Okay. Um, there was a rumor. Um, but we don't usually type, like to talk about rumors, but this one I thought was especially um, relevant considering what Cal says might have happened. Uh, there was a woman seen running on the road that day mm-hmm. uh, that, that Shannon disappeared. Uh, how did you find out about that? And what do you think about it? First of all, what is the exact story that you heard? Maybe start there. It was um, in that same area, that same little town, St. Augustine, uh, which is a very small rural town. I think the population is like 200, Um, but it's right off I-94. So I think a lot of people stop there um, for gas station or snacks, bathroom, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, The cops, um, I don't, I, you know, I can't remember if it was the, it had to have been the police that had said that someone had reported that they had seen Shanna, um, that she was walking on the side of the road, and that there was either a mint green or light blue Prius that was, and there had a gentleman in there kind of like trying to coax her to get into the car. Um, hmm. So they looked into it, and um, we don't know who it was, but they verified that it was not Shanna. All right, so that was a rumor that did not check out. Right. So that was a rumor that didn't check out. Okay, it was not right. uh, Shanna, but there is a, there is proof that maybe this story wasn't exactly a rumor. It was actually something that was true, but it didn't have anything to do with Shanna. Right. Okay. It's been, it's going to be three years in a few months, Angela. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has this been like for you? Um, it's been very hard. Um, it, um, it's taken, um, a big toll on all of my family. Um, my girls, um, Shanna and, or I'm sorry, Autumn and Dakota, um, they, they were little and they had a sister, older sister that protected them and played with them. And, um, they watched this person fade away into someone that they couldn't stand being around um my husband and I um you know I mean your 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 child is gone you know um Mm -hmm. first you watch them get swallowed up by addiction and then they're gone um it's um we're not the same people anymore um we you go and you put your happy face on and you do what you need to do. But um, when you're home and you're alone, um, all you do is think. Um, I do not watch the news anymore um, because of the, um, you know, here's a dead body cut up. Here's a, a traffic, a sex traffic. Um, here's a body that got found overdose. Um, every time you see something like that, you're reliving the disappearance of your child all over. Right. Yeah, because you know, um, right. every day I think about her, and I think, you know, it, what happened to her, you know, and it's it's um, 
it's a personal hell every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to guess that it's um, this was also a surprise because you thought that Shanna was on the right path. And it seems like she was. You know, to me, mm-hmm. having a couple beers and the breathalyzer, it sounds like she was drinking and driving. I realized that she wasn't supposed to be doing that, but given everything else she had done in those last few years, that doesn't seem like big of a deal, even though I know she wasn't supposed to be doing it. So it seems like she's on the right path, and then this happens. Mm-hmm. That that's, has to make it especially tough. Right. Yes, it does. Yeah. What have your – I mean, um, Shanna's two younger sisters, how old are they now? Um, 24 and 19. 24 and 19. So one of them is even now older than Shanna was when she disappeared. Yes. And, um, you know, how do you think that they've handled it? Uh, how are, I'm not trying to get into their lives, but how are they doing? Um, it's, um, it's something that we talk about and we just, um, you know, we deal with it uh, when it comes up. Um, I think that they're doing okay. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, everybody kind of has their mindset. Um, sometimes, you know, we just think that she's just gone to rehab. You know, she's gone to rehab and she's just, you know, she's she's not there. Um, and some days you, we just get together and we just cry because we don't know where she is. Um, but I think as a family, I think we are doing, um, and, you know, and being a split family, I think we're doing okay. Um, mm-hmm. I just, um, you know, but I find myself now I'm a little more protective of the two girls, even though they are adults. Now they don't live with me. Um, I find it. You know, I'm I'm still very I'm still very protective. You know, I, I'm calling nonstop. I want to know where they are, where they're going, who they're with. Um, you know, because I already lost one, I don't want to lose another one. Sure. And what about uh, Shannon's father? Obviously, he I've not had a chance to speak to him, but I know he's been involved in this. Of course, he was the first one out there on the side of the road when Kyle called him. And how has mm-hmm. he handled this? If you can speak for him, if you can. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, um, he's he feels you know very similar to how I feel. Um, you know, we, every day you kind of beat yourself up because you don't know. You know, cause, you know it's always you know could I did this different? Could I did this different? How come we didn't know? Um, you know, it's um, it's just something that you you know you just have to learn to deal with it because there's nothing else you can do. There's not support groups for. Um, sorry, my kid's missing. Um, there's not a Hallmark card that you can go and buy that says, hey, I'm sorry, your kid's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, it it makes it really difficult. Um, with, you know, when you go to do things, you just hope people don't know, like, what's their story, you know? We don't, you know, we don't want people to feel sorry for us or we don't want, you know, and it's, it's, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. You try to live your life as normal as you can, but... There's always this little cloud that people you know, like. Oh, you know, those are the people that their kids missing. You know. Yeah, a little bit of a stigma. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a website or a Facebook page, anything like that, set up for Shanna? 
Yes, we do. Um, we have Help Find Shanna Boyle um, on Facebook. Um, there's, you can just find that on there. Okay. So, and that pretty much is, that's pretty much what we have. Um, okay. We, there, there has been no updates. There has been um, actually no leads, no anything for the last year and a half. Wow. Um, and it's just kind of goofy because when she first went missing, there was all kinds of stuff. Um, and then we did some fundraising and stuff um, to offer a reward to think that that would help bring yeah. out some more leads. And um, ever since we've had the reward, we've actually had zero. Yeah. Yeah, rewards don't exactly do what everybody thinks uh, they do. Uh, and I, I have to say, as a person who I would say has become a missing persons expert, um, there's not a lot of evidence that rewards work at all. It's like people are going to talk or they're not going to talk. People are, you know, police are going to go question the right people or they're not. And I think it's usually people's consciences that uh, finally make people come forward, not the money. Sure. It's, you know, yep. so um, I, I wouldn't be too downhearted about the reward situation because that's the way it is most of the time. Ninety-nine percent of the time, it's it's like that. Sure. So, okay. So please say that Facebook page again. Why not? Why don't you, Angela? Help, help find Shanna Boydo. Okay. Uh, Angela, any last words before we complete this interview? No, I um, I just really appreciate the opportunity to be able to, um, you know, um, do this podcast with you, and um, hopefully, some of us or someone out there can, you know, help us lead us to our daughter. Okay, Angela, uh, I appreciate being on the program, and um. You can guarantee that Unfound, uh, myself and my assistants and the listeners will always be here for you. And I, of course, hope that Shanna is found alive uh, sometime very soon. Uh, that's you. that's what we'll all be working forward, even though, uh, as I always tell guests, that I will be moving on to the next case uh, for next Friday. But I keep in contact with all of my guests, virtually all of my guests. And uh, I'm only just an email or phone call away. I want to assure you of that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you. You're welcome. And that was my interview with Angela Stark, mother of Shanna Boydo. I thank her for joining you and me on the program. I didn't get to mention during the interview that another podcast did a nice job of covering Shanna's disappearance a little over a year ago. The podcast is called Tell Me Something Weird. And I got to speak to Jody, one of the hosts for that episode. And I thank her for assisting me in understanding Shanna's case. If you listen to that episode, you'll hear Jody talk about her attempts to meet Kyle in person and her other personal experiences of covering Shanna's case. The show can be found on Stitcher and other podcast sites, and you can also find a link to that episode in the description for this episode of Unfound. Something else that wasn't mentioned... And that's my fault, not Angela's. And this will give you some context for that day. Is that allegedly the reason Shanna jumped out of the car, which time I'm not sure, is because a police car was either following Kyle and Shanna or past them going the other direction. According to Kyle, 
This caused Shanna to think the police were hunting her down. We now know, of course, that wasn't the case. The police were not looking for her on the day she disappeared. Shanna was not that big of a priority to them. But could she have known that at the time? I really don't know. However, this does fall into the theme for this episode. Fear. Fear can cause us to behave erratically and irrationally. Meaning, even if the cops were following them for the purpose of taking Shanna to jail, there was no way Shanna was going to get away from them running off into the woods. She was feeding on her fear. That is, if you believe Kyle. And that really is the point of discussion for this case. Do you believe Kyle? Is that what happened on that day? Did Shanna really disappear from the roadside? Or is Kyle lying? Here's what sticks out to me. Do you really believe Kyle was going to drive the whole way to California with Shanna when she had the intent of meeting an ex-boyfriend while she was there? Remember, Sage's phone number was on the paycheck stub. Why didn't Shanna take it? Who knows. But it seems that her intent was to meet Sage. Would Kyle go along with that? Remember the jealousy he expressed towards Stefan, the father of Shanna's child. Remember the restraining order Shanna had against Kyle. Remember the court date that was coming up. Not to mention that where Shanna allegedly disappeared isn't on the way to California. So once again, would Kyle really travel to California with Shanna just so she could see some other guy? Or could it be that this case is really not about Shanna's, but Kyle's fear? I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.